and welcome to Sapphic Survival Guide, where we are queer to answer your questions. My name's Cheyenne. And I'm Gina. Class is now in session. We have another guest with us today. This guest is very special to me because it's actually a friend of mine from high school. Ashley, can you introduce yourself to everyone? Yeah. Hi, my name's Ashley Weiler. Um, I am bisexual. It's my role here. Um, <laughs> and as Cheyenne said, I know her from high school. So I'm from Pennsylvania um, and I'm currently in Providence, Rhode Island. Did I miss anything? Oh yeah, my zodiac signs. So this is another one. Okay, give me your advice on this. So people say that cusp is not a thing, which I'll respect that. But my birthday is literally October 23rd, which is the Libra Scorpio one. And then the second problem is my mom says I was born around 8 a.m. So that's <laughs> as specific as I have. So yeah, with that, I'm Scorpio sun, Gemini moon, Scorpio rising. So double okay. star, identify okay. with it. So I kind of yeah. just with that, even if it might not be accurate, but I was like, I feel like if you call a hospital, like during like a pandemic and you're like, can I get my um, birth time for my Zodiac reading? They might be annoyed. So yeah. I haven't checked that yet. So that's okay. So yeah. that's my I like spiel. the double Scorpio. That's fun. I, f I identify with it regardless of if it's accurate. So yeah. 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 Okay. So I guess we'll dive first into the questions about your sexuality, since that was one of the first things that you mentioned about yourself. Sure. So you identify as bisexual. I remember in high school, I don't, I mean, I should say, I don't remember you saying anything about being bisexual, mm. but neither did I about my sexuality. So kind of how did you figure that out and come out and come to terms with everything? How did your entire sexual journey come about? Yeah. So similar to a lot of bisexual people, a lot of confusion of maybe am I? Yeah, I am. No, I'm not. Maybe I'm not. So mm -hmm. it, I didn't really have a moment where it was like, yes, definitely I am. Although there should have been many moments. And that's funny you saying like in high school, I don't remember that because I didn't think that either, mm -hmm. but this is, I was excited to tell this story. So um, one of my friends used to have parties at her lake house. And I remember one of the parties, I decided that I was going to be the bouncer and the price of admission was every girl had to kiss me Stop. and not the boys. If you have a boyfriend, I was like, I don't, he can go away. Like, but the girls have to kiss me. And I wasn't like being like enforcing about it, but every single girl did kiss me. And I was just like, this is like straight girl activities. This is just like what normal, this is just like a normal funsy thing. <laughs> So it's so funny, like looking back, like it was so clear, but not mm -hmm. to me. So you're like, I need an excuse. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Right. So um, one person, like one of the girls, like hit, like gave me a real kiss, and I remember mm -hmm. being like, like, Fucking and I think it was because no, um, there were like boys watching, so I feel like she was like really like giving it to me, mm -hmm. you know, like trying to like make it sexy, and I remember just feeling like, oh, like that. I yeah. enjoyed that, but again, it was like. I wasn't even thinking along those lines. It wasn't, I don't know. I didn't necessarily feel in denial. It was just not something I thought about. Like compet is a, is a strong thing, you know, like mm -hmm. even when you're kissing girls, you're like, this is just like friend things. So yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like there were a lot of things like that over the years. And I have had some like sexual experiences with girls, but they were in threesomes and just right. more performative experiences mm -hmm. rather than like genuine. And so, yeah, I've had a lot of that, like 
questioning of like, I don't know, like, obviously I think girls are hot like, but like, who doesn't? And I like, I want to kiss them, but like, would I date one? And I go back mm -hmm. and forth, but something that really brings me comfort, um, first of all, is other bisexual people talking about the same exact thing and how like, that's part of it is like, you, you, you're confused. Like that's a lot of it. Um, but then the second one is I heard someone say, I probably saw TikTok talking about like, how do you know if you're trans or not? And I realized like, that's not something I ever questioned, like whether or not I am a woman. And so like, even when I do think about it and question mm -hmm. it, like it, there's like zero hesitation whatsoever. I'm like, no, I definitely am. And so the contrast of that feeling with like, am I, but like, there's a lot of like, I have gone back and forth over the years, but that to me, I feel like is the confirmation. Like it wouldn't yeah. be there if it wasn't like, I, I, like I've talked to straight girls, which is like objectively insane to me, but they like are very, like, they know they're straight. Like I've mm -hmm. talked to a lot of girls who like, they know, and I'm like, yeah, that's not my experience. <laughs> so, so it's been a lot of, a lot of like slow burn acceptance. And I've only recently gotten to the point where like, I will make like direct posts on social media that like directly say it as opposed to like mm -hmm. alluding to it, which I just feel like was probably more, I don't know. Again, it wasn't that I was hiding it. I feel like it's kind of more imposter syndrome. Definitely that. And, mm -hmm. and related to that kind of like, I didn't have a reason to like, I'm not dating a woman. So like, why do I have right. to announce this? I'm not looking mm -hmm. to date a woman right now. So like, why does it matter? Yeah. Like why people would be like, why, why do you feel the need to tell us this? Like, what, what does mm -hmm. this mean? So, but now I'm just getting to the point where it's like, when it comes up, it comes up. And mm -hmm. like, I've even with my family, like mostly my mom, like family, but my mom, like, I don't know. I just talk about it. Like I assume everybody knows because to me, it feels so obvious. Like, I'm like, mm -hmm. if you've seen me like around women or like at a strip club, <laughs> it's like, you can not like straight behavior. Like, so yeah. I just feel like, I don't know. It, it just doesn't feel like something I need to announce partially because yeah, like, I don't know. It's just not that it's not important. That's not mm -hmm. the thing, but it's just like, it's not important to everybody. Like people I'm talking right. to on the street, like, unless I'm trying to sleep with you, then why does it matter? Like, you don't need to know, you know, unless I feel <laughs> right. the need to it. It's so. a need to know basis. <laughs> no, I definitely feel that. And like, when I was first struggling on who to tell, who to come out to, like, why do I even need to do this? I was kind of like, well, unless I have a girlfriend, why am I going to my parents being like, guess who I'm fucking like, right. that's weird. And I exactly. like, didn't, I kind of like put off telling them, but then it was kind of weird because then every, like everybody knew besides them. And then it felt like, well, I'm not hiding it from them. It's just like, I'm not going to tell you when I bring men home. So why would I tell you when I bring women right. home? Like mm -hmm. that's never been our relationship. And exactly. I, I don't think they fully got that. Cause they were just like, you hid something. And I'm like, it's a pretty vulnerable something. So right. like, relax over there. Right. Mm -hmm. and yeah, exactly. It's like, I, this isn't something we talked about when I was with men. So why does it need to be something we talk about now? Like if I'm dating someone, I would tell you about that because I would right. tell you about it either way. But do you need to know who I'm like fantasizing about when I'm masturbating? Like, is that, yeah. part, is that your business? You know like, porn you history? like what the fuck? <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, yeah, I think that this is like a common struggle for bisexual people too. It's like, why am I telling people when they don't necessarily need to know? But then at the same time, it's like, it is part of like who you are and like being vulnerable and like 
especially like bisexual girls in relationships with men, like more of you guys like sharing those things about yourself, it makes it more acceptable for other bisexuals to share that part of themselves. But I feel like as it stands right now, so many people are like, I feel like if I tell people this, they might think I'm trying to sleep with them. They might, Mm -hmm. you know, think I'm not happy in my relationship or think I want like all these like different things that fall under like the bisexual stereotypes. And I'm using that very loosely, but just like, I think it's like a double-edged sword in that way Mm -hmm. that it like continues to feed into the bisexual erasure. Right. So weird. Exactly. It feeds on each other. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question for you (laughs) both on not maybe changing the topic a smidge for both of you. Did you ever perceive each other, like the other person as gay slash were you surprised when you heard that they came out? That's so a good I was going to ask Ashley this. Um, because, do, you first? do you want me to answer first? Well, the reason I was going to ask you is because I remember you started dating someone in high school that I had had a cr- crush on, and I'm using quotation marks for anyone listening who can't see this. Yeah. And you were like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm dating him. Like, I hope you're not mad was at it, me. And I was wait. like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it was. Okay, that's what I thought. You can cut that, Gina. Or like, <laughs> that's fine. Sleep it. Yeah, yeah but I'll cut it. I was like, I had a crush on him, crush for two years. And I was like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> like, it did not matter to me. That, but okay, yeah. Yeah, I feel yeah, like that's like a it. telling moment when you're like, shouldn't I be more upset about this? Like, yeah. Um, it was. So though. I feel like when you came out, mm-hmm. it, I wasn't like I had ever suspected it, but I was like, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Like, I see mm-hmm. that. Like, and so something else I was thinking about when we were talking about like coming out as bisexual, um, one reason that I feel like it, is helpful to do it is because I feel like often members of the gay community are more accepting in general of a lot of things like just different mm-hmm. lifestyles and of course that's a mm-hmm. broad generalization but just in general and so for me I feel like when I share that with people like look at me I'm like blonde straight white girl like I I feel like I do not necessarily come off as an ally like until mm-hmm. I tell you like there's not a lot of visual cues mm-hmm. and so like giving that information I feel like can make people more comfortable like oh okay that that like gives me a little more information about you but that being said so with Cheyenne I feel like you were just always a person who was so comfortable with like people's differences and like mm-hmm. the weird people like quote unquote weird people you yes. know what I mean like more yes. accepting in ways that not mm-hmm. everybody was and so when you came out it wasn't so much that I was like oh yeah she was very gay around girls it was like oh yeah she was always like sensitive and open to other lifestyles and Aww. stuff so like that makes sense I could see <laughs> that so in I'm that so way, glad it- I didn't smoke before this by the way because I'm like damn like people can perceive me and have like watched <laughs> me change over the years and then um, this no, is like, tripping me out a little <laughs> like about how people even like my friends perceived me in high school that i refuse to ask because I just, I'm like, I don't know if I need that information. Like, even if it's not bad, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I don't need to remember that you guys like were thinking about me when I, you know what I yeah. mean? Like when we interacted, like that's not, yeah. so I feel that. Um, were you surprised? <laughs> how do you feel? Like when, so I think you hit the nail on the head with how you described your feelings about me coming out. I was not surprised at yeah. all. Um, but also I didn't necessarily suspect it of you back then, mm. but it's, it's funny because a lot of the people that we were mutually friends with have since come out. Like, I feel like a lot of, or were Walk together out in high school. Yeah. It's just like, we were all on Tumblr. We were all, <laughs> that's really, 
located. That's the common denominator. It really yeah. is the Tumblr yeah. crowd for real. We literally had like a group of friends that would have like sleepovers because we all had Tumblr and there were like 20 of us between like two grades. <laughs> okay. Um, so I guess going back to your queer journey. So are you out to like all of your family or, I mean, I know you said you haven't really come out. You just kind of talk about it and don't feel the need to come out to them, but I guess I just, okay. So my mom knows for sure. And my mom is a gossip. Love you, mom. If you listen, but you're a gossip. And so I feel like anybody that she talks to probably like my, like my one aunt that she's really close to, she probably knows. Um, I don't know if my stepdad knows. I feel like my older brother does. Um, my little brother, I feel like even if I told him, he'd be like, I don't need to know that. Um, and then, so that's all my family here in Massachusetts. It's a long story, but my immediate family lives here. And then all my aunts and uncles and my father, they all live back in Pennsylvania. So I feel like probably they don't know. Uh, again, it's not like a hiding it thing, but I've definitely never like told them. Like, yeah. That so sense. again, I feel like it's obvious, but then mm -hmm. not everybody is in my head or with me all the time. So right. Maybe, yeah. yeah. I mean, I definitely didn't come out to mo like anyone really, except like my mom and my friends. Yeah. And then I just popped up on Facebook with a girlfriend. So yep. Who, yep. who knows who knew before then? Right. Exactly. <laughs> no yeah. Well, actually that's not true. I, I did come out on Facebook technically with like a gif of Elliot Page, but like I do it. didn't tell most people if they weren't, if they didn't see that post. Yeah. Um, so I, I think you know this already that I was inspired to bring you on here because I had seen a TikTok about someone who I think, I don't know if they were ex Amish or ex-Mormon or something and I, I know Mennonite. was That's it Mennonite? Mennonite yeah it was something like that Mennonite they, is like Amish light so yeah that makes yeah sense. that makes right. sense yeah so they had like left that community and come out of the closet and I immediately thought of you because I know your dad had left the Amish community mm -hmm. and do you think he'd be I, I don't know how deep you want to get into this but do you think he'd be like cool with you coming out or is he very well like, also What's like the Amish also, feeling yeah. on it? Cause yeah. I don't even know, like, do they care? I have no idea if that's like a value of theirs or not to be like anti-gay, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So let me give the disclaimer that like, I did not grow up Amish and my dad doesn't talk about it a whole lot. Um, He has talked about it and I have met my Amish family like twice before when I was younger. Okay. Um, so. I have exposure. I probably, I know more than the average person, yeah. but if there's like a person who has actual Amish expertise on here, who's like, Ashley, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm sorry. Um, so and then DM us. Cause we'll have you on too. Yeah, exactly. Like tell me more. Um, so my dad always referred to the Amish as a religious cult, which I think is a fair assessment. Mm -hmm. Um, sure. And we definitely never talked about that specifically, like um, anything like that, but just knowing how restrictive they are and how traditional and everything, I can't see them being okay with it. Although something else I like to tell people, um, Amish is like any other religion. I don't know if it's, that's the religion. Or, I don't know. That. Um, it's like a branch of Christianity, Christianity, but it's like any other religion in that there's levels to it. There are people who like go really hardcore and then there are people who are less. So you'll see people, um, 
riding in cars or like using phones or wearing sneakers. And so there's like different levels to it, but my dad's family is pretty traditional. Um, they're pretty old school as far as I'm aware. So I feel like there, it definitely would not have been a thing. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I feel like it's one of those things that like, I mean, think about being Amish, you have no media exposure. The only people that you've ever really talked to are in the Amish community, which is Mm -hmm. mostly your family. Um, Mm -hmm. and so your exposure to anything like that is so limited that like, even if you have those feelings, it's like, those are sinful feelings, like, you know, like wanting to masturbate. I feel like that would be the view toward it. It's like, it's not even really something you consider. It's like, again, this is, this is my assumption. I have never, I haven't talked to anybody about this, but yeah, I could Mm -hmm. see it just being like, not even something they talk about because it's something that's so, that's not God's way. That's not the way it is. Mm -hmm. That being said, my dad, I mean, my dad left the Amish. So clearly he disagreed with a lot of it. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, if I was dating a girl, I would, tell him. And I think that Mm -hmm. he would be, he would be nice to her. He would be cordial. Um, I, he might like feel awkward and confused and not really understand Mm -hmm. it, but I don't. And I, I think the worst, like any of my family, I think it would be like, um, more ignorant comments than hateful. Like, Mm -hmm. like this is just a phase or something like that. Like things Mm -hmm. that are okay, I know you're not really, you're just not educated about this. Um, exactly. So I feel like mm-hmm. that would probably be his response. Like if he said anything, I don't think it would come from like a hateful place. I think he would be more confused. I feel like if anything, they just kind of wouldn't think it's that, like not take it that seriously. Like, mm-hmm. okay, that's yeah. Or you think girls are pretty I'm like, okay. That, and that's fine. Like they don't, again, unless I'm trying to sleep with you, I don't think it's really important that you understand the nuances of my sexuality. That's not important mm-hmm. to me. So I don't yeah. have any problems with yeah. that. Um, Did your dad have anyone else who left the community in his family or anyone yes. who's like so in touch with? My dad is one of 10 siblings, I think. I'd have to fact check that. Um, the Amish, they just pop out babies. Um, <laughs> so he has an older brother that's 10 years older than him that left 10 years before they both left when they were like 18. And so when my dad left, that's actually where he went. He went and stayed with my uncle Eli and got like a job and whatever. And when I went um, and visited my family, my Amish family, I would stay with my uncle Eli and he has a wife and four kids. Um, I always joke that he left the Amish to just, just have electricity because he's a farmer. He got married (laughs) Um, and then had four kids. They go to church every Sunday. They're very like wholesome. Um, so basically the only difference is that now he watches TV. Um, they're super sweet, but my dad, when he left, my dad was definitely more of the black sheep of the family. Um, so as Cheyenne knows, um, he owns a bar. Um, Mm -hmm. you knew that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ashley's pub, um, shout out. (laughs) And and he like drives motorcycles and he um, has his pilot's license. He used to fly airplanes. So he's just like very, he's a very different lifestyle. And so part of the Amish thing is when you leave, they shun you. Um, And shunning is mostly used as like, like, reverse psychology tool kind of like a terrible one, but like, Mm. all right, we're not going to talk to you because this is what it's like if you leave your family. And so they use it kind of as a tool. Again, this is 
painting with a broad brush, but they use it as a tool to get you to come back. And then once they realize you're not going to come back, then they like, they're your parents. They got over it. Like, or my grandparents did at least. And so my uncle Eli, um, my Amish family, weirdly, although we're from Pennsylvania and there's a huge Amish population there, that's not where my Amish family is from. They're from Michigan. Um, and so my uncle Eli lives close to my Amish family, to his family. And he goes and sees them like I think a couple times a year, um, he's still close with them. But when my dad left, they shunned him. They said, you're not, you're no longer our son. We never want to see you again. And my dad said, all right, bet. Bye. And so he never went back. Um, so as far as I'm aware, he has not seen or spoken to his parents since he left when he was 18. Um, wow. So I was wondering how that worked with you going to visit. Cause I was like, can they do, well, they're just going to let you come back after <laughs> your dad walked off. But I guess what you were never there to leave in the first place. So what do they have right. against you? Right. And again, Did every they try to like kind of convert you and like get you to stay with them or anything. Were so, they like, No, I think they were very aware that that wasn't like knowing my dad. Option. I don't think, I, I don't yeah. think they thought that was an option. And yeah. also um, they, like just the Amish in general in Pennsylvania, I know um, they do a lot of like touristy stuff. Like mm-hmm, sometimes it, you can like go do a tour of a farm and stuff, or like mm-hmm. you know they have bake sales and stuff. So I feel My like field trips were sometimes to those ex- places. I yes, grew up exactly, in exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's not completely crazy for them to have like a a foreigner, a non-Amish person in yeah. their space, and to not expect them to be that way. Like they were super nice to me. Um, the food was amazing. We had dinner. It was a really interesting experience because I mean, we live in a patriarchy. We all know what a patriarchy is, (laughs) but to see it so concentrated was super Mm. eye-opening because I was 13, I think when I went for the first time. And so we're all sitting in the living room, like chatting. Um, First of all, all wood benches. Think about they make all their own furniture, yeah. so it's not comfortable. Um, so we're sitting like these wood benches in a circle, and it's like so. My grandpa speaks first, and then the elder men speak to him, and then sometimes the younger men speak, and the women sit with their heads down and tend wow. to the children unless directly spoken to. And it's not like a they don't sit like don't you dare speak, but it, that's the culture, and that was they just know like, their place. Yeah, for those, sure. those gender wow. roles run so deep. It, that's wild mm-hmm. to hear that perspective it's, when you're like removed from it. Yeah. Right? And I feel like, like I said, like we live in a patriarchy. We're not like, we know that men are prioritized over women in the society. Mm-hmm. Like that's, but yeah, that's a very, very intense version of it. Um, So that was, was an interesting experience. And yeah, things like that are also helped me form my opinion about like, how would they feel about someone like being gay? It's like, you don't even right. speak unless you're spoken to, yeah. let alone about things that are not okay in the We church. can't even wear pants over there. Literally, so. Like literally. Although I do have to say, so outfit wise, insane. Like I wouldn't, do you see my boobs out right now? I would not survive. <laughs> the baby girls in the bonnets, there's nothing cuter. There's nothing <laughs> cuter than a Amish baby girl in a bonnet. I was Aww. dying, but I was like- <laughs> And I've always dressed provocatively. I've always liked to have my boobs out. Like that's, I don't know. That's mm-hmm. just my style. You always and had a mini skirt on. 
I know. And it's so funny. (laughs) I never wear skirts anymore. And I try to tell people I'm like in high school, it was weird if I didn't wear a skirt, like that was a weird day. Um, but when I went, I was in Michigan on my trip, visiting my uncle. And then we went up to see my Amish family and they were like trying to get me to wear an appropriate outfit. And I was like, this is the best I got, man. And it was like a spaghetti strap. I mean, I was like 13, so I didn't really have that much to show off, but I was like, I don't even have like a t-shirt to wear. Wow. Like, so those I was like very definitely distracted those little boys. Probably like looking back, probably. I don't remember feeling uncomfortable in that way. Um, but no, you're no I, like, that's not a joke. That probably was true. Yeah. They no, were like, we've never seen fault. a shoulder before. That's, that's weird. Right. <laughs> right. Like up close. Look at perfect. the center. <laughs> Yeah. When you were talking about the shunning, it made me think of a lot of people's experiences like coming out Mm -hmm. and being shunned or ostracized by their families and how sometimes people are lucky enough that their family was like, well, there's nothing we can do about it now. I guess we do still love you and, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of change their tune. Um, But I was just like, I don't know if you're listening to this right now, go back and listen to that part. And if you didn't think about coming out for whatever reason, like think about the parallels because that was wild to think about Mm -hmm. because I've definitely encountered a lot of people who have said their parents were like, we'll never speak to you again or treated them differently or didn't believe them. And then once they realized it wasn't going to change, they were like, fine. Right. Yes, we accept you. Yeah, but then you get the gay people who are like, no, you didn't want to talk to me ever again. Mm-hmm. Like, you yeah. know, the way your dad was. It's it's just a, like a commentary on like why families think that their offspring need to be exact replications of them. As why if, families like, are culty, basically. Yes, mm-hmm. no, fully. Like as if yeah. your child isn't going to be its own person with its own identity and like their own life. That's Don't get me started on the your own. parents having children as an extension of themselves because they don't know what else to Get do. Get started. <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> I know because I was talking to my therapist and I got like on a big rant about how my friends are starting, like they want to start having kids and like, I'm not ready for it and blah, blah, blah. I don't think everyone has kids for the right reason. By the yeah. end, she was like, wow, you, you're, mm-hmm. this is a lot to you, huh? I was like, yes, I'm not ready. And my yeah. friends are starting now, but <laughs> I so feel that like, I think I don't know. I guess I just feel like people are not educated on the idea that your children are not just you. Like that's, that's a thing that's perfectly acceptable. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. your children are going to do what you want and be like your family and live by your family values. And yeah. Yeah. It's very odd. I actually just saw a tweet about that. I think it was yesterday and I read it to my girlfriend because she doesn't want to have kids. And people always ask her like, when are you going to have kids? Do you have kids? Why don't you want kids? And she's like, you know, I don't think I can give them what they need basically. And I was like, this tweet said, just say, I'm too selfish to have kids. And Mm -hmm. how can people argue against that. Like they can't say like, no, you're not too selfish. If you're saying you're too selfish, you're too selfish. And that's kind of what you mean when you're like, I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. You're being, you're reserving those things. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's a bad thing to be selfish in that respect, but people will always try to like fight her on that. And also it's like one step deeper because it would be very expensive for us to try and have a child anyway. So, Mm -hmm. and it's not something we can afford or want at this time or maybe ever most likely ever so I was like just start telling people you're too selfish because how can I argue that 
My right. mom and- told me to say, um, what did she say? She told, she told me to tell people it's not in the cards for me. And then if they ask you what that means, that's like rude for them. Cause like that could mean a lot of things. Like right. yeah, true. True. they tell you like, Oh, like what if I can't have kids? Mm-hmm. You're pressing right? Like, so yeah, I just like, Oh, it's not in the cards for me. I like that. I like that. It's vague that enough that it makes people question their, their curiosity. Yeah. Like why? Okay. I don't. And it's that. not a lie. I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I love that. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remember yeah. that one. Or you can like combine the two and be like, it's on the cards for me. I'm too selfish. Mm-hmm. That's really what I'm starting <laughs> the two, to shut it down. I am definitely just too selfish. Like the points in my life when I wanted kids and I'm a never say never girly, like we'll see who knows. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like the points in my life when I wanted kids were when I didn't know what else I wanted. Like mm-hmm. I didn't have things that I enjoyed doing. And now I'm like, I live alone. I love my apartment. I love my hobbies. I'm actually happy with my life now. And I have things to occupy my time that I want to do. Like I'm never bored. I don't mm-hmm. have a moment where I'm like, oh, I don't know what I could do. I'm like, I have so many things I could do. <laughs> Yeah. As I've gotten there, I'm now I'm like, why would I give that up for to wipe butts? And I don't even want sticky parasites every day. Like I I don't know either. Yeah. Come (laughs) up with a meal for another person every day for the rest of my life. Like that's just no, thank you. Yeah. I'm definitely Mm -hmm. becoming too selfish for it. Yeah. And I think a lot of reasons why people have kids are very selfish to begin with. Like I remember at one point Mm -hmm. I like was thinking about maybe trying to get pregnant and I was (laughs) I went on tinder and I was swiping on guys because I wanted to and I was like yo I'm trying to have a baby like you don't have to be involved what's (laughs) up like so I I was just like asking them some questions about themselves and trying to find someone who was down but like at that point it was very like selfish because I like felt like alone and like wanted someone Mm -hmm. who's gonna love me unconditionally and be Mm -hmm. in my life and not be but that's like not a good reason to have a child because that child isn't there for that like they're Mm -hmm. not your like emotional support and so obviously (laughs) I like snapped out of it and stopped doing that after like two hours but (laughs) yeah I feel like a lot yeah it's it's a good story um you turned tinder into your like sperm bank literally like a quick second yeah my uh bio was just a squirrel looking for a nut oh god (laughs) that probably did well too people probably like that probably but I don't think they they didn't get it (laughs) they didn't they didn't get what they thought I was like joking and or like would get mad at me (laughs) (laughs) um so I know we were talking about your hobbies a little bit do you think any of your hobbies are gayer than the others? Because one of our questions is like, what's your queer obsession? And it sounds like you're very into your different hobbies right now. And which one would you say is like your queer obsession hobby? But also like, if you have a different queer obsession, we'd like to know about that too. I was thinking about this. This is a hard one. One of my things is I'm into um, like painting and drawing like naked ladies. Um, Mm -hmm. And in my bedroom, there's two of those. So I'm very into like the art of naked ladies. And I recently started the um, embroidering. Did you saw that with the card? And so I did a few of those. I thought you were going to say embroidery. um, Yeah. So like my subject matter, I feel like can get pretty gay. I like that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So our last question for you, if you could 
give advice to a younger version of yourself or younger queer slash bisexual people? Is there anything like you wish you knew or you wish, you know, you could tell people? Yes. So I was thinking about this one too. Um, I, I was first trying to think if I had any advice for like my younger self in regards to like my bisexuality and because it didn't really, I don't feel like I've had a, a struggle with it necessarily. Like I never had any problems coming out because I didn't really do that. And I don't know, it's never really been a problem. So I was thinking like, what advice would I have needed? Um, but I think that the advice I would give about that, but also just about things in general is that not having it figured out is a perfectly okay place to live. And I feel like I, they say like, it's okay not to know, but I took that as it's okay not to know as long as you're trying to figure it out. Like mm -hmm. while you're in the process of figuring it out, it's okay to be in that process as long as you're working toward that and you eventually get there. That's kind of how I interpreted it. And now I'm just kind of like, it's okay if you never figure it out. And if for the rest of my life, I'm like, I don't know if I really am by like, maybe let me try making out with a girl again. Like, I feel like that's just in regards to my whole life, like so much with my mental health and where am I going in life and what am I going to do? And should I, is this the right decision? Just so much of it. I'm like, I wish that I could tell my younger self, like, that's fine. Like you're supposed to be confused and that's how it is a lot of the time, most of the time, like points of clarity, I feel are so much fewer and far between than like confusion just in life in general. So getting comfortable with that place of being and yeah, yeah not putting so much pressure on myself. That was such a Scorpio right. answer of you because Scorpios are like constantly evolving and like starting new cycles and new oh eras. God. And so, so that like makes a lot of sense, but it's also true. I think in general that, you know, there's no right answer, or wrong answer. They're just different answers, right. and different paths and all, all yeah. that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think like society doesn't make it easy for us to figure out our queerness. And so mm -hmm. like, it makes sense. Like it's not saying queer people are confused. Like we're not confused mm -hmm. about who we are. We're confused about who society's telling us we are not. And totally. then it's like going through the motions of figuring out well, wait, why am I not fitting this mold? That's mm -hmm. confusing. Oh, it's because people aren't meant to fit in molds. And Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, am I yeah. doing this right? Am I gay enough? Am I, I don't know, just, if just with all of it, like mm -hmm. just everything in life, just be confused. Life is confusing. <laughs> yeah. Life is confusing. <laughs> yeah. So we actually have a listener question that we would like you to help us answer, Ashley. The question is, not a real kink, I don't think, but where can I see actual lesbian porn? Have been in a relationship for about 13 years and have had sex maybe five times in the last three years. Lesbian bed death, but needing to take care of it, dot, dot, dot. So they're looking for some porn. <laughs> OnlyFans is good because it's independent. And so creators have so much more control over mm -hmm. the kind of content that they make. Whereas like, I feel like with big studios, like Pornhub, browsers, whatever, mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, they have to cater to the general public or what they think the general mm -hmm. public likes, because even that is like arguable. But yeah, I think right. that being able to find smaller creators, 
you will be more likely to be able to find like niche things that you're into or things that like really vibe with you. Um, and also then you're directly supporting sex workers as opposed to, you know, watching it for free, which mm-hmm. I'm not going to super hate on that, but like, yeah. you know, it can be good either way. Um, can I ask okay. what advice you would give for finding lesbian OnlyFans creators or because I know like, especially on like Twitter, like you can't really use hashtags anymore. It's more about right. like, the text. Like, I don't know if there's anything uh, that comes to your mind about finding content made by actual queer creators yeah um this is another thing I struggle with myself like searching Twitter because like you said hashtags are essentially useless on there at this point um the way I've always found things on social media is if you are able to find one queer creator look through their following like who they are following not just who follows them both can be useful but um often a lot of content creators follow each other and a lot of people follow a lot of people in their same niches um and so right and then so once you start going through and adding people then it will suggest people and then you'll be able to see um more retweets or even on like instagram and stuff um Mm -hmm. although i don't think you're going to be finding like porn stuff on instagram but like anytime i'm trying to find any sort of niche stuff that's usually how i start it's frustrating because if you're like, I'm trying to find something like right now, like tonight, like I'm trying to find someone, I feel like that's more of a, it's more of like a long-term yes. goal of like, it's going to happen over like a couple weeks as you follow people. Mm-hmm. Um, be, and another thing is I feel like OnlyFans doesn't have a good search function. Mm-hmm. And because things are mostly behind paywalls, what are you searching in the first place? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so I definitely can sympathize with that being a struggle. Um, it is out there. It takes, unfortunately, more work than just like straight mainstream porn, but um, <laughs> just Googling like whatever OnlyFans, like it just, it's more like effort for sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. That's good advice though. There's some good stuff out there. there and there's such specific, like whatever kink you have, <laughs> you can find someone for it because there's people out yeah. there doing every single thing so if you like learn how to search like you can be in heaven (laughs) and then I'll just add like if you've been in a relationship that long and you're not having sex that much I mean like porn's great to take care of yourself but you should probably find some ways to reconnect with your partner as well Mm -hmm. like your solo journey is important but like you're in a partnership for the intimacy so I would find some spark reigniting things or disconnect I'm always a fan of breaking up (laughs) Personally. Or if it's not where it, I mean, yeah, if it's not where it needs to be, that's an yeah. option as and, well. Yeah, and reconnecting isn't an option. Yeah, I feel like I think of porn as like, like a sex toy. Like it's something there to help you. It's like an addition, but especially if you're in a partnership where your partner wants that. I mean, if that's your partnership where you guys don't want to have actual sex, but then that should just be a part of it, a part of your sex life as opposed to the whole thing. So yeah. Right. Yeah. Perfect. Well, if you want to hit up the podcast, you can follow us anywhere online at Sapphic Survival Guide, except for Twitter, which is just at Sapphic Survival or X as it's called now, but whatever <laughs> the fuck, it's still Twitter. It's Twitter. Um, Twitter. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you can send us a question at sapphicsforrebelguide <laughs> at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 724-209-8877. 
And you can follow all of our bonus content and things at patreon.com slash sapphic survivor guide. Leave us a like, a review, and you can follow me anywhere online at the Lee Regina, including my website, theleeregina.com. And you can find me, Cheyenne, at Hot Mess Bean on pretty much any social media platform. And with that, class is now dismissed. <laughs>